Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Are you tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to Here to Make Friends, a HuffPost podcast about the Bachelor franchise, where we lovingly snark on The Bachelor and Bachelor-adjacent shows. Whether you love The Bachelor or love to hate it, we're here to break down every single delicious moment with you. I'm Emma Gray. And I'm Claire Fallon. So after two months of having free Monday nights, we're back at it again. No, not with the vans, Daniel. Calm down. With The Bachelorette and here to make friends. So many friends and a lot of white men. So that's something. I don't want to be friends with them. (laughs) But who's ready to fall in love? We are with Ali. Jojo, he's not right for you. Please send him over here. We'll, We'll date him. Yeah, we'll take really good care of him. As Jojo would say... Bring on the men. Like, please, seriously, bring on the... Was anyone not listening to me? Like, bring on the men. The men's? The men. And today, to recap the premiere, we're here with our very own Emily Warman, who is going to help us try and remember the names of all... 26 bland men wooing Jojo Fletcher. Thanks so much for joining us, Emily. Happy to be here. I've got them all queued up, ready to go. And later we'll also have former Bachelorette Andy Dorfman on the show to talk about her new book, It's Not Okay, her two very public reality TV breakups. And like, let's be honest, it's more like 26 (laughs) reality TV breakups and her life in New York. So we've got a big show today. Let's do this. So first we open, as always, with JoJo's sob story, sob story, which appears to be being like tragically overvalidated. She was like, I got so much affirmation from Ben that it just broke me. <laughs> made me want to cry. Made me want to cry. He was nice to her and told her that he loved her. But what more does a woman want? And ultimately, she's grateful because she, now she gets to date an erectile dysfunction specialist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what woman wouldn't want that? I mean, she knows that he'll never have a problem below or he'll below have the waist. a lot of problems, but he'll know how to deal with it. <laughs> Was that a real job, though? It seemed kind of legitimate. Like they gave yeah. him the yeah, jokey I, title, but it seemed like he, that I dude think that's has not his a job. actual title, but that is his that's specialty. His job. Yeah, like I think his job title is probably something like CEO of, you know, <laughs> Viagra Shots Incorporated. Right. Like he has a chain of clinics. And it did appear to be a shot that he was preparing at one point. Like, I saw a syringe. I yes. don't want to know where that goes. Yeah, I have a lot of feelings about him, given that he is a 
pastor turned erectile dysfunction specialist. Like first he found God, then he found a boner. Does he want yeah. to help you find both? His his pun package. I mean, I, I just, I'm just going to leave it there. Like he kind of made all of them for us. Yeah, he went hard mm-hmm. on the puns. Yep. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. It's too early for that, Claire. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we see JoJo. She's heartbroken. Um, she gets some advice from Bachelorette's past. After sitting, sadly, on a rock in a bikini for a while. And then we have the intro packages for some of our lucky suitors. Grant, with a strong chin, who's a firefighter. Mm. He just wears firefighter gear, like, he all the time. He has a very strong jawline. That's all I noticed about His him. His chin yeah. is just, like, you could, like— Put a glass of water on it. It's like, bam, it's right there. It is right up in there. Um, Jordan Rogers, um, brother of Aaron Rogers. I mean, man, I was going to try to quiz Emily on that. <laughs> I was like, do you know who this is? I found that out pretty early, and I was really excited about it. I mean, that is that is a strong pedigree for him to come in with. I mean, brother— Failed brother of football star. I mean, yeah, for this it's really franchise, does it get better? Like, does no. it? Josh Murray was also. Ugh. That's uh, also uh, uh. what Daniel Holtz Club was. Oh God, the failed NFL. But they set dark. him up so hard. Like, are we? Like, is he? Gonna... Jordan seemed way better than Josh to me. I liked him. He seemed to have a sense That's of humor. The thing. I never liked Josh. No, he spoke in like sports announcer clips. Yeah. Like, Andy and I had a great date. We really got out there. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he. He really um, leaned on his brother. Like, his whole thing was, like, I used to play baseball, but now my thing is, like, I just follow my brother, like, everywhere and just, like, hang on his every word. At least Jordan talked about his own life. Yeah, Jordan was, like, here's what I'm doing with my own life. Like, here's fun fact. My brother is, like, an incredibly successful football player, um, but— Aside I was less that. successful. I was but successful I think he <laughs> has an actual job now. Yeah. yeah. He's not an entourage member professionally, I as was, far as we know. I was pretty sold on him thus far. I'm into him. He was yeah. pretty cute. Christian had an intense package. Sorry, every time I say that, <laughs> sorry, I, I'm not talking about, We're about that package. Women. Christian gets to the gym at 430 no um, one wants to hear that. No okay. one. They <laughs> Even let, gym people, they let Christian straight up call his relative racist. That impressed me as like some sort that of was, step. That was yeah. the first, right? I, I don't know if I've ever heard the word racist said on the That was a really sad backstory, yes. though, like that he it was. is biracial and his white family, his father's family did not, not accept him, didn't acknowledge him for like his entire Still haven't, as far as I could tell. Um, and it seems like his father hid him to some yeah, degree from his family. Yeah, it seems like he's completely disconnected um, from because that Because of their of the racism. Yeah. Which is pretty insane and also an interesting element to introduce to a show that is inevitably kind of racist. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I mean, I love Ben Higgins. You know that I do. But— that is like an unlovable story maker. Like my family wouldn't even acknowledge me. That's Christian how you grow up bachelor. feeling unlovable. That's, a, I, that's what I was thinking. He's so cute. Yeah. His smile is great. Yeah. He has a good backstory. They teed he's, him up. Yeah, he's pretty. Um, you know, compelling as a. He has a great human. smile. I just kept looking at his. He's one of the top two smiles. We had Alex, who is a marine, and that's about all I got from him. He has. I, I thought he looked like a super jacked. Uh, he's very sturdy like he's very cute he's got that sort of um all-american like good hair gi joe on a poster sort of. he does look like a gi joe i'm not commenting on his height 
No, we're not going to come. But we will talk about other Just people not. commenting on his height, specifically yeah. Chad. Pretty gross. Sure. Um, but he does, like, walk with his shoulders, Alex. He's, I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> I forget who else had intro packages. Uh, James, who's the Bachelor James. super fan. Oh, right. Because— he was Obviously like, I not hope no one ever job. finds out. <laughs> but here's a watch party with my whole family. Yeah. Uh, that's not like, for for both a woman and a man going on the show, I think that's a really sad thing it to is. have your yeah. identity. Like, I'm, I'm not discriminating here. But you agree to be a joke when you agree to let them, like— preface but you I such, also, right? But they don't yeah. agree to that. They don't even know what but their no. Chiron's going to be beforehand. He did participate in that package filming, though. Yes, he did agree to let them film a Bachelor watch party, and he did say on camera, being on The Bachelorette is a dream come true. His couch looked really nice, like really deep cushions. Was that his couch, or was that like his mom's oh, couch? That's probably his mom's couch, right? <laughs> Mom, shout out to your couch. We also had Evan, uh, who we've oh, kind of already discussed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ali. Oh, uh, he's still my heart. Okay, can we just take a moment to appreciate how appealing Ali yeah. is? I'm like literally like— I'm smiling. I'm, yeah. Can you hear we it all in my are. voice? We're all giddy, and we are <laughs> the so three cute. of the most cynical people about this show. Such strong brows. I mean, oh, yeah. he plays the piano. He surfs. I, can, I love that he's a bartender. Like, yeah. live your truth. Like, I mean, because like he does so much other he's stuff. He's not yeah. just a bartender. He lives by hobbies, yeah. really. Yeah, he's oh. like, I just want a job that will let me pursue my passions of reading East of Eden like, after I, going surfing. I'm like, I want that for you too, Ali. Yeah. I want that. For I want all that of us. for all of us. I want us to do that together. Ali. Yeah, teach me to surf. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Holly was so cute that it's like distracting. Like I can't think about anything else. I know. When and he comes you out. just know that he's gonna get sent home way too soon and we're gonna be deprived of him on our TV screen. I know. I'm reading his bio and I'm seeing things that I don't like and I don't <laughs> even care. <laughs> yeah. The sexy clothes thing turned me off and then like yeah. I saw him on video and I was like, never mind, I don't care about it's anything fine. you've ever said. Whatever you like, whatever you like. <laughs> well, yeah. I'll do it. Okay, so then finally Luke. Luke had the most the biggest turnoff of an intro Also, package. okay, his intro package came right after Christian's, this really heartfelt they did story about racism. Yeah. And then they presented Luke, who the entire undercurrent was, I'm probably a racist. <laughs> He's like, all the small town values I have. Yeah, I was like, everyone knows what those mean now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, here's an Secrets American <laughs> flag. Here's an American flag. Like, being in a small town really taught me how to not trust outsiders. <laughs> He loves leaning against Barnes, and Ooh. they showed a photo of him in Afghanistan with a bunch of blurred-out Afghani men behind him, which was very uncomfortable. Yeah, he he yeah. seems like he's seen some things, like, by things, I mean, you know. Things that he's been doing. Yeah. Like, war stuff. He's done some things and <sighs> seen them while they were JoJo's happening. going to love him. Yeah, she already she is. Does, like, she's in on him. She doesn't have good taste in men, which we're going to have to talk about. Yeah. So, like, they when the, the night begins— why do they always put the women in a dress that's like flesh toned, but then bedazzled? I mean, she looked great. She they she always did. look her great. Breasts oh, were so her. perky. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I guess you're only twenty five. It's a good look, but I find it <laughs> suspicious that they have done it for like a few bachelorettes now. Yeah, it's like Sofia Vergara is like the style consultant. Like, it's always <laughs> like a mermaid, like really yeah. like body con. They're like, we want her to look train. naked, but like she rolled around in diamonds mm. because that is that what a is man wants. Exactly what JoJo looked like. That is what that's she looked actually. Like. 
Is that the worst? I mean, no. no. She looked fantastic. She looked amazing. It, no, this is the thing, though. It was too effective because the men could not were, handle themselves. Worked into like a disgusting froth of testosterone. She really reduced them to, to some primitive stuff. It was disgusting. Anyway, so intros, memorable intros. Um, <sighs> so many of them were not on. memorable. There was, did we talk about Wells? Oh, uh, oh, oh. no. He's like the Jeff with one F of the season. I'm oh, into yeah. him. I see that. You he's know? super but cute. But not Mormon, yeah. maybe. Hopefully. Not Mormon. I don't think he's Mormon. Ideally yeah. not. He was cute, and he brought the... All for one. The barbershop quartet. <laughs> like, that was pretty smooth. Like, I know yeah. it's cheesy, but, like, okay, that would I mean, work hey, on me. That's, that's fine. Sure. I'm into it. As far as attention-grabbing cheesy moves go, that's actually an appealing one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, all he the guys were annoyed Santa by suit. it because they knew it was, it was so good. good. Yeah, they were like, oh, damn. Yeah, the Santa suit, she was like, it should be weird, but it's not. And I was like, no, no it's, it's weird. weird. And it should be. <laughs> it's everything about this is Opposite weird. of that. Oh, and Luke came in riding a unicorn, which, like, the more I think about it, JoJo He's last riding season her. was He's unicorn. riding her. Yeah, that's all I could think about. <laughs> oh, no. He's like, I just want you to know that I believe I'm in unicorns in, and, and I'm sex. In, and I riding in them. Sex. I ride them hard. <laughs> I also liked how he got off the horse and it just sort of wandered away. And he was like, whatever. Producers horse got that. wrangler. Yeah, I was like, you're such a cowboy. I like that Grant came in and assured JoJo that he wouldn't fall in love with two girls as though he has mm-hmm. more than one option. Yeah. I think he thought that was real clever. Yeah. Me too. He's like, <laughs> let me just put your mind at ease. Yeah. I won't run off with a member of the crew. It could happen. It could definitely happen, but that's not. I mean, that's a little. I don't think that that's an assumption from. that JoJo goes into this with. Mm-mm. Robbie brings some wine, and they drink it from the bottle. Oh, yeah. A little, oh. a cute little throwback to. Oh, I kind of liked that because I loved that her mom did that. Robbie so. yeah. seems normal. And then she got to be like, my mom would love him. He's the one who maybe has a, a normal girlfriend back at home oh, yeah. right. to come, and he looks like a Ken doll. He does with a beard. Yeah. Will was super awkward. Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh. Sal brought her blue stress balls oh, yeah. and told her she could squeeze them if she got nervous. Here's the <laughs> thing don't ever give me blue balls, JoJo. <laughs> if we if, get into the fantasy suite. And if you do squeeze them, like, is that. <laughs> That's what men want. Is that yeah, the, whenever the you're answer? stressed, just lean just over and like, squeeze mm, my blue balls. Yeah. Maybe okay. he's a sub. Easy enough. <laughs> oh my gosh. James Taylor comes in playing the guitar. Of course he does. And then JoJo's like, I want to play your guitar later. And he's like, We'll teach you. A lot of them wanted to teach her things. Yeah. At least some of them (laughs) waited until she said, I want to learn how to do that. That's fair. That's yeah, a fair with, with, with Christian, <laughs> I was okay with it. In Taylor's defense, she was like, I want this. He was like, you can have it. But she said, I want to play the guitar. He assumed, he assumed she didn't know she how. how. Yeah, Cri- with Christian, he came in on a motorcycle, looking fly, and JoJo said, I want to learn how to ride the motorcycle. And he said, I can teach you. Okay. That's an appropriate yeah, that's exchange. a teachable moment. Uh, and Jonathan came in wearing a kilt. Jonathan is uh, half Chinese, half Scottish, but he was very clear to point out that below the waist, he was also half Scottish. It's a very uncomfortable joke. Yeah, it really is. Like, that's aggressive. It's like, think about my dick, girl. It's like, and yeah. also it's a and it's racist. Self-hating. Yeah, that too. All of it. All of it. Bad. Dig yeah. at Asian men, which, yep. yeah. which was unfortunate given that he's the first Asian man in, in our memory on the show Asian at all. Appear- I mean, biracial. Yeah. Um, we don't well, see a lot of that, but— um, Unfortunately. And, and we won't continue to. Yeah. Right. Daniel came in definitely already wasted. Oh, yeah. I liked oh, your quiz, what time Daniel. do you think he became 
like properly inebriated. And I was yeah. thinking about this, and I think he probably became like like browned out at like eight. <laughs> <laughs> the black probably came like ten thirty. How do you think yeah. Daniel felt watching last night's episode? I think he probably felt good about it. Yeah, I think he probably was looking at or his was body. He yeah. was like, like, "Well, that looks good." Yeah, oh, you don't keep a Lambo in the garage. He's repulsive. Yeah. I'm just going to put it out there. I would just like to say that 74% of the responses to my quiz about what point in the day did Daniel become sloppy drunk, 74% said always. So <laughs> that sounds about right yeah. to me. <laughs> but – and we get to see more of him. Daniel was also very yeah. into mansplaining mm. the damn Daniel meme, Ugh. which if you – A, it's already a dated reference. B – JoJo is the worst person to make an internet joke to because she has literally been on a reality right. show for the last two to three months without access to internet. Yeah, she doesn't even seem like the kind of person who'd be like on her like on Twitter at like midnight being like, oh my God, what's this really cool vibe? Like, I don't know, check <laughs> well, it out. Explaining a joke to someone who missed the reference A is a hard sell and B like that very specific particular reference. Also, like, he kept going back to it. Like, wait, oh, I don't think you understand. Let me tell you again about. But he messed up at the beginning because he assumed that when he walked up with his opener, she would know his name, which they never do. Like, <laughs> So he walked up and was like, Brown damn, out. JoJo, get it? And she's like, what? <laughs> it's like, because my name is Daniel. And she's like, it is? <laughs> That's an awesome point. <laughs> I didn't notice that. He has like, he had no idea what was going on. Also, when they introduced each other, he didn't really seem to be picking up on any of her verbal or nonverbal cues. No. So every time that she tried to like be like, tell me your name, he was sort of like, what? What? Yeah. Uh, so I'll see you inside. And I was like. Daniel, like, get it together. Yeah. Throw some coffee on your face or something. <laughs> yeah, so then they go inside. They start to They have their little out. chats. Um, Chad quickly gets very aggressive. Oof. So As he, he hates short to. men. He hates men with feelings. And he thinks very highly of himself. Chad is— He also looks like he's on roids. I think for sure— <laughs> Yeah, that, that like, yeah. shirtless scene of him, there were, like, some really, like, intense, like, veins. neck veins. <laughs> yeah, he also, I think, is the one who packed only protein powder. Mm -hmm. An entire suitcase of protein powder. He just seems so mean, you know? Yeah. Like, you meet people and you're like, ooh, no, not you. He's such a great person to cast on The Bachelorette and, like, the worst person that I could possibly cast in my personal life. Yeah, so true. he's the antithesis of yes. anything that I would ever be attracted to. I loved when JoJo was talking to him and he was trying to be seem sort of more sensitive and sweet, mm -hmm. but not really like giving her much because he has no idea how to do those things. <laughs> and she was like, there's just something about Chad that I'm so drawn to. He's like mysterious and it's sexy. And it's like, no, he's a misogynist. Yeah, like, he's an angry and angry sexist man. But I think that's what she's responding to. She has terrible taste in men. She was also really into Luke because... Of he gave her boots, and she paid no attention like, to Jake, standards. who was an architect, yeah. super cute, super normal. It's true, Chad. Like for a villain, though, thinking back to last season, we had what like JJ and what the other guys' names. Like this, this is like a true, like physically violent, threatening villain. Yeah. So he they, seems uh, truly awful. Yeah, I'm kind in. of interested. <laughs> I'm kind of interested to see how he'll be framed because he's clearly the most hyper masculine of the group. 
So I'll be interested to see whether he gets an edit that sort of points to this toxic masculinity as a bad thing, yeah. which would be an interesting turn. I, I think it seems like they're going that way. Yeah. It's interesting to me that he was so obsessed with Alex's height. And I Ugh, think that he felt— he, I think he felt threatened he by did. the fact that Alex was a Marine, was and really buff and, like, short man, takes care of business and, like, doesn't, like, talk a lot about it, but is just, like, solid. Right. And he was, Alex like— got up, talked no, to JoJo. I'm more of a man than talk him. About it. I'm a man because I'm taller. And it's like, dude. That's not a real thing. I feel bad now. Alex, shout out to you. Yeah, I'm, Alex was I'm cute. there for Alex. Serve. I like him. Um— but, like, everything, like, I basically, everyone looks better next to Chad is the other it's thing. true. Okay, so we need to talk about the kisses. There were two kisses oh, last yeah. night. First, well, Will. Oh, I'm kind oh, of mad well. at him for taking her first kiss like that. Like, yeah. I think she was, too. She was like, ah, well. Yeah. Also, it was I, just I the most ev- I think every response, kiss. every result was, we're going to kiss. Definitely. So he had a fortune teller. Yeah. yeah. Like, you make in fourth grade, and all of the answers were kiss and she did that thing where she raised the pitch of her voice like oh 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 we're gonna have kiss. to do this now are, are we doing that <laughs> oh are we yeah. oh shit yeah i would have that's with, not a good sign a kiss on the cheek she what's the term like that she like push kissed him too yeah, yeah. she did a peck push Ooh, yeah. yeah then you saw right after her just all over jordan yeah, that was like Disney princess fairy Jordan tale with the good hair. Kiss. Good hair. Yeah, he has good hair. JoJo even says, now that is a kiss. Yeah, I mean, it, it was like, I felt the, the heat through the screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel gets a little bit sloppy. He does. As does Vinny, the barber. Yes, and Nick S. <laughs> they Nick interrupt S. her interview. Yeah, they yeah. interrupt her interview. And he makes her, one of them makes her, like, scooch over on what's clearly a one-person scene. Yeah, she that was Nick so S. startled. Because it was aggressive. <laughs> she rea- It made me actually really like her because she reacted the way Human. that I think all of us would react. Just that your eyes get a little bit wide and you make horrified faces like and try twist, to scoot nervous, out of the way. Darting movements. <laughs> and uh, Daniel... Um, Goes back on his promise not to take his clothes off mm. that night and Does show off his body. Strip takes his clothes off. Ugh, I wish that hadn't happened. Because he's like, you know, anyone can look good with suit on, right? <laughs> Let's see what you look like without anything on, right? <laughs> that was accurate. It's verbatim, I think. <laughs> I've watched that clip so many times. I'm just like, how can this person be real? He's he's the mumble core of the group. And he's, <laughs> just mumbles. Yeah, and Jordan gets the first impression. Jordan gets the first impression. Which, of course, that was surprise, surprise. That was always going to happen. I think it'll be interesting to see if he. I mean, I get the sense that he's going to be in at least the final four. He has. They're really building him up. I think if he doesn't win, he's going to be like the Brooks character, who's like, "I'm sorry, like, but you're just not quite it for me." Or he could be the the next next Bachelor, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't see a better future for him than winning this show. You know, like. He could become the next Bachelor. Yeah. That's, like, the only better option. I guess. I want, I want um, Ollie. Same. Oh, Ollie would be great. So then we finally get to the rose ceremony. And guess after who shows up? After a mercifully long Ugh. 
Oh, God. Ugh. Jake Pavelka. I didn't recognize him. Ugh, he, I oh, I did. He looked For For anyone who hasn't been watching the show for years and years, uh, Jake Pavelka was the Bachelor in season 14. Bad. Bad news bears. Jake yeah. Pavelka. I would never put them in but the same But apparently— um, But he came to give her romantic advice. Which so. you don't he's, want. He's, no one wants romantic <laughs> advice from him. No. But apparently he's good friends with her older brother. Who is also an aggressive More man? So now that I her see older it. brother is like not a healthy influence on her. She and Jake have this little conversation where she's like, "I think that I'm just gonna like trust my gut and go with it." And he says, "You just said the right thing." It's like she is not a first grader learning yeah. her multiplication tables. Also, like, you saw a moment of horror where she thought, thought that he, he was, was gonna, gonna try attempt, to proposition yeah. her, yeah. which again made me really like her. I was like, "True, true." <laughs> Yeah, so she gets she gets through that somehow. All the men are meanwhile like having a total breakdown in the other room, and um, she comes back and picks a few uh, guys who are real contenders, and also Daniel and yep. Vinny and Vinny. So she kept and um, Evan. Yeah, a whole slate of really less than mediocre. White men. Yeah, but she did send home Jonathan, the kilt guy, and also Jake. Jake. Cute architect. Yeah. She sent home three men of color, Jonathan, Peter, Jake, plus Nick S., who got drunk and wore the tiny kerchief in his mm. yeah. opening photo, Coley and Blue Paul Sal. <laughs> that did not work out for him. She kept Aaron, Luke Wells, James T., Grant, Derek, Christian, Chad, Chase, Alex, Robbie, Brandon, James F., Ali, Santa Nick, James S., superfan, Vinny, Evan, and Daniel. So we're going to assume she actually likes maybe two of these men. Yeah. Yeah. I think that she kept um, James S. on because the producers want a guy who can provide some show narration with context like he was the guy when Jake Pavelka came in that everyone was like why is there another fucking dude here what the fuck and he was like it's Jake Pavelka okay so he's like their Greek chorus yeah so before we finish up what 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 is everyone's top four top two who do you think are front runners so far um I think I've got obviously Jordan I think Luke is going to go far Mm. um I think Christian is going to go far, and I'm going to go with my heart and say Ollie to round out my top four. That's a good top four. I went with the very practical, this is who I actually think JoJo is going to pick, not who my personal top four would be. I want to make that very clear. Um, Jordan, Robbie, Luke, and Alex. Okay. I forgot about Robbie. We'll see what happens with a girlfriend. She seemed to like him. Yeah, and I get, yeah, he's like. Also, often the things that they tease as most dramatic do not come to fruition. (laughs) Yeah. So it's going to be a good season, I think. So here's to an amazing premiere. We'll be back next week. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. We're going to take a short break, but please stick around. After the break, we'll be joined by Andy Dorfman to talk about the darker side of The Bachelorette. It gets pretty juicy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life, and I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. 
And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I, I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party, can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender, I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. I am so glad that it's finally warming up. And it also means that I just want to have fun this summer and I don't want to be worrying about meal prep. And luckily, I can do something about that with Factor, especially because they have so many meal options like Protein Plus, Keto, Vegetarian, something for every diet. Their fresh, never frozen meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your whole day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. I love having a few factor meals just sitting in my fridge, especially because I work from home. It's so nice to finish up a taping and not have to figure out what to cook myself. Just look in my fridge and be like, oh, in two minutes, I can be eating mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice or tomato basil chicken risotto or Santa Fe style green chili beef skillet. And they always have a nice like vegetable side. It feels well-balanced. I feel full after, and it's not a headache at all. Head to factormeals.com slash LTSI50 and use code LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code LTSI50 at factormeals.com slash LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. 
The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Oh, I'm so happy the weather is finally turning. If you, like me, have been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune, then Quince is for you. You can build up a lineup of timeless pieces that will keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings right on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, as well as premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for all these staples. I mean, linen is my favorite summer fabric. They have so many amazing linen staples. I also found my new go-to, like, summer running around to the playground in the coffee shop bag. It's the pebbled Italian leather front sling bag. I can just fit a wallet and my phone and my AirPods in it, maybe some lip balm. Absolutely perfect. I'm so obsessed with it. And the price was exactly what I wanted to. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash L-T-S-I. Anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while or even not that long knows that we love article. I mean, honestly, I'm looking around my home right now. Coffee tables from article. That lovely chair out on my deck. Article. Our big console. Article. I'm My bed frame. Article. This is an article household. It is. And it's, I mean, it was an inspiration to me. We finally got our first article piece of furniture recently, our new couch. And my husband and I are both constantly just like, how did we live before this couch? This is such an improvement over what we had before. It's so comfortable. It just seems to get more comfortable every day. I mean, it's the couch you dream of. And the reason that we have both been able to find ideal furniture on Article is because Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some really delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. And their team of designers are all about finding that perfect balance between style, quality, and price because we all want the best of all of those three things united in one piece of furniture, right? Plus, they're dedicated to thoughtful craftsmanship that stands the test of time and, you know, looks good doing it. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI, and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Before we get back to the show, have you had a chance to find Here to Make Friends on iTunes? If not, now is the perfect time to subscribe and give us a rating. Every time we get a new subscription or review, our show climbs the iTunes charts, which helps other people discover our show. Also, please like us on Facebook. Now back to the show. So today we are really, really excited to have one of our favorite guests ever back on Here to Make Friends, Andy Dorfman. Hello. 
Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So we're so excited to talk about Andy's new book, which if you haven't purchased it and read it, um, you should do so now. It's called It's Not Okay, Turning Heartbreak into Happily Never After. And last time that you were here, Andy, you you promised us juice and— Did not disappoint. Okay, good. I tried to kind of like set the bar low. I was like, oh yeah, there's a little juice. <laughs> and then you guys do not feel disappointed, so good. No, no. no as, it was intense. As Claire can attest, my copy of the book has a million <laughs> dog ears because I was reading on the subway and— trying to take notes and yeah claire and i have a lot to say i think the juiciest um bachelor bachelorette um memoir i'd read to this point was courtney's and that did not hold a candle this is a different kind of juice (laughs) yes 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 this has a very very different tone than courtney's book yeah Um, i mean courtney's book obviously had a lot of juice but it was about like the show and i think this was a little more juice of um Female relationships. Yeah, and, yeah. and about your life. <laughs> yeah. So so we can kind of start with some Juan Pablo stuff, because that's kind of where, where the book yeah, kicks sure. us off He's a number little one bit. He's number book. one. Yeah, of course. Right. All of all of the men in the book are coded with numbers. Not, should we, not so subtly coded. Should we refer to them by number? Are we allowed to say Yeah, no, let's do numbers. I like it. Here's <laughs> the thing with the numbers. Yeah. It's like everyone knows who I'm talking right. about. There was no hiding. I wasn't like trying to no, disguise there, there, it. There, there is but no there hiding. There was something kind of empowering about just not having the names of my exes written in print <laughs> in the same book in which it says by Andy Dorfman. Like, it yeah, was like, I like this that. is my baby and I don't want my ex's name tattooed on the forehead. Oh, God. So your big moment during uh, number one's season of The Bachelor yeah. was when you told him it's not okay, which obviously yes. became yes. the title of your book. When that moment happened, when you were recording it, did you expect the response to be as big as it was when it aired? No. It was like, (laughs) for me, it was a very simple conversation that obviously got a little heated, but, like, I found out that the guy was not the one for me. I was not the one for him. Like, time to wrap this thing up and head back home. So, naturally, like, you have a conversation, and when somebody asks why, and you tell them you have no idea anything about me, and they're like, well, what do you mean? You know, you would naturally (laughs) list off things like, my political views, my religious views, how about my middle name, you know? So, like, to me, it was just, like, such a normal, honest conversation, and to see kind of the, um, I guess, excitement or surprise by all the viewers, I was kind of like, wait, this is, like, a normal conversation, right? Right, this is what you (laughs) think you should be normally talking about in a relationship. Right, yeah. Also, he totally seems like the kind of guy who would make you watch his yeah. own soccer highlights. Is that yes. literally what you did all <laughs> yes. night? Let me tell you, as juicy and crazy as this book is, I keep telling people, I'm like, I speak two, two languages, English and truth. Like, everything in this book <laughs> is true. The Ray J, the Art <laughs> Kelly, if I ever heard Sexy Can I one more time, oh I'm like, Okay, so apparently uh, number one during the fantasy suite date, Played a lot of Ray J and R. Kelly. That was his playlist. His like mood so douchey. It's hilarious. It's though. so like, funny. So that's the thing. I had to include that. Like, come on, that is classic. Just failure of an overnight date, but <laughs> yeah. also hilarious. I just love the idea of him being like, I know what this girl wants. I know what she needs. Ray she J. Needs Ray J. Just <laughs> my manners. Like, come on. And now it's time for me to show her my soccer highlights. <laughs> No. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Nightmare. 
Yeah. Um, I think that was a big moment for women who watch The Bachelor and like the woman gets sent home and she cries and she's like, what's wrong with me? Yeah. And it's so nice to be like, maybe no, it's wrong with, wrong maybe with there's something dude. wrong with this dude. Right. And like, just because, you know, the odds are against you as a woman when you're one of 30, like you still deserve to be treated right. That's and you still thing. get like, to assess the man and absolutely. say, is this a person I want to spend time with? And people, I think, forget that. Like... Yeah, you're going to have to spend time with him after the cameras stop rolling. So, like, you should not be enslaved to this man just because he is the lead role. Yeah, there's definitely an attitude of, like, be more grateful of, like, the attention he's paying to you because yeah. he's the person we've tapped on the Be more grateful head. for the Ray J. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you write in the book about leaving your career as an attorney to go on The Bachelor and ultimately The Bachelorette. And how often you hear questions um, and judgments about that. Can you talk a little bit about that and why you decided to go a different way? Yeah, it's interesting. After leaving the show or after having wrapped the show, like one of the biggest kind of points of contention or controversy, I guess I should say, um, other than my relationship has always been, why did you leave your law career and when are you going back to becoming a lawyer? And that's like one of the number one questions people ask me. And I talk about this in the book. I'm sure part of me is paranoid about it, but I always get defensive about it because it's like, why not? You know, when's the last time that you were working the same job that you had when you graduated college or, you know, graduated graduate school? And there's this weird um this weird association with reality TV and professionalism that people just can't relate the two of them together, but yet we all watch it. So, like, you can be a doctor and you can be a lawyer and you can be a teacher and a scientist and you can be really, really smart and love The Bachelor and Bachelorette, but then you can't expect somebody smart to go on it. So there's always been this kind of weird correlation between the two that I've never understood. And I talked about it in the book. It's like just because I'm smart or you think I'm smart <laughs> doesn't mean I can't go on a reality TV show. Yeah. Also, you know, you're allowed to have fun. It is kind yeah. of fun. You're allowed to make some decisions in your yeah. 20s. Right. And do some but weird it is, shit. It's kind of like the way that we talk about porn, though, is like— yeah, we all watch it. Like sex power, like we're ladies, but like you must if be you go horrible off, if you're trash in to... porn, it's like right. like we consume it, but we don't wanna think about the people right. who have to participate in that system for us to enjoy watching it. And we don't want everyone who goes on The Bachelor to be boring. We want like smart, interesting people to right. go on the show. And there's smart, interesting people that watch it, you yeah. know? So it's kind of yeah, like well, you're we... watching it, so why can't I be on it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's like, I love the show. I'm really disappointed that a strong woman like you would be <laughs> right. on it. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and it's more fun as viewers to see people that we can actually relate to on the show. And I think that's why, you know, we were both drawn to you because you seemed like someone we could hang out with. And look at this. Yeah. Now we have. And that's for everybody. <laughs> you know, if you're like a crazy party girl, even like, let's say you're the Southern girl, like you're always rooting for that Southern belle. Everyone gets to be able to relate to a contestant on the show. And so for me, it's like, all right, if you're, you know, a career woman, like here, here I am, like, you know, hopefully relate to me. But it's weird. There's always been this like, not negativity towards it, but kind of just this condescending tone I've always heard in the question. Yeah. No, there's definitely—I think that people expect professional women to, like, 
fully embody that. They're yeah. like, oh, right. we see a woman who's a lawyer, but now she's not anymore. So, like, what are people going to think about? She didn't live about up with- to our standards <laughs> right. of and what that should career look like. And to me, it's like career-driven is a mentality. Like, a career woman, that to me is a mentality. It's not, like, a physical or temporal thing. You know, like, I work harder now, honestly, than I did as a lawyer. Like, I'm out there, like, hustling, you know, writing a book or doing whatever, whether it's appearances. Like, I'm still, like, driven in my work and career. Like, doesn't right, you're mean— You're not sitting at home waiting for something to come to you. Right. And you know what? If I was, who cares? That's fine, too. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that law school is, like, great training for reality TV because <laughs> you can be so aware of, like, your words and how things might be taken. Yeah. And, like— yeah, I would assume the, the it allows you to succeed a little bit more in front of the camera. Yeah, I mean, I, yes and no. I mean, I'm not reserved. saying that people should go get a law degree so in they order can go on The Bachelor. No, no, no. Not it is not a prerequisite, ground. nor is it a guarantee. So do not sue us if you go get a law degree and don't make it on The yeah, Bachelor. That is not what we're saying. Do you think in general that you know, women who go on reality TV are held to a higher standard than men? I mean, I think women are judged more harshly in general, to be honest. I think you can take it out of the context of reality TV (laughs) and put it in this thing called the world. And I just think women are judged—I mean, you see it even in the the sexual nature of the show. So The Bachelor goes into the fantasy suite and, you know, does whatever he wants with all three, and nobody says a word and— or gives him just a pat on the bat, you know. <laughs> but, like, a female does it, and you saw it, like, a little bit with me and a lot with Caitlyn. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wait, where's this sta- this double standard coming from? You're giving the, the female the power to be the lead finally, but, like, don't negate that power by then slut-shaming her or not giving her the same kind of respect in every single aspect that you're giving the male. Was that something you were worried about at all, going into the show as the lead, having watched it, having kind of seen— the weird sort of sex issues that the no, show plays into. No, because I had no into. idea. Because first of all, I had never seen the show before um, Juan Pablo's season, The Bachelor, <laughs> which, looking back, I don't know if that was good or bad. I mean, part of me was so naive that it was kind of, I think it made it more fun. Yeah. And I didn't have to, like, put on this act that I thought I was supposed to have. Um, but I had never seen it. So I did not realize that there would be so many kind of, like, sexual issues come up and feminist issues come up but I kind of love that it does like if I have to take the beating for it to, for it to become a topic and an issue like I'm sorry but five years ago nobody was sitting here discussing feminism and and sexism and the bachelor and bachelorette in the same sentence so like if I have to take a beating and Caitlin and I have talked about this before I'm like if we have to take a beating for it like I'm happy to do it for you know the topic to arise yeah I think that those your two seasons provided a lot of fodder for people like us. Yeah, who are feminist writers who also want to talk about The Bachelor. I think people are like, okay, fine, she slept with two people. Like, really? Are we really, like, are we going to go, like, Right, and I think in some ways the show sort of exposes our most regressive ideas as a society about love and sex and dating, and then it allows us a really interesting way to, as you said, kind of bring these topics up. Yeah. Speaking of which, (laughs) um... Do you um, want to talk a little bit about your relationship um, or the end of your relationship with number 26 at all? <laughs> I mean, where do we begin? I right. feel like a lot of a lot of those issues seem to arise even within that relationship of um, sexism and slut shaming. Um, how did you see that starting to crop up in your relationship? I mean, obviously, I think in any breakup, it's hard to kind of pinpoint exactly where it all went downhill, especially like I was engaged for nine months. I think a lot of people forget that. They think like, oh, it was just like they met for in 
eight weeks later got engaged, which is true. But, like, nine months is a really long time. We live together. We spend every single day together. So that's a long time. So it's hard to kind of pinpoint exactly where it started to go downhill. But obviously the live after the after the final rose, you know, was very damaging to our relationship, you know, when Nick revealed that number 25. Number 25. Oh yes, yeah, so here I see. Okay, Nick's fair game, I guess. Well, Apollo too. Yeah. Whatever we'll use names at this point. But no, when Nick revealed the fact that we had slept together, it was like Josh knew, but now that it was public, all of a sudden there was a different feeling towards it. And I, looking back, I can start to kind of see where that started to rear its ugly head in our relationship. And and it it did. It, it began what, you know, ended up being the end of our relationship. I do, however, think that if it wasn't that, it would have been something else. I don't think you can say one single moment defines like the – the beginning of the end of a relationship. It would have been something else would have come along. Yeah. Yeah, and it seems like that sort of attitude, the attitude Josh had about that incident Mm -hmm. came up a lot in a lot of different things. And obviously a lot of the book is really lighthearted and fun, and it's a really, really fun read. But you also get into some pretty dark issues someone might not expect from, you know, a book by a reality TV star. Um, You know, you delve into... Issues of emotional and, and verbal abuse mm-hmm. within relationships. Was it hard for you to to make the decision to reveal these things that had been so personal? Yeah, it was really hard. I mean, I have to say, like, some of the stuff that's funny or pathetic or crazy, like burning his clothes in the fireplace, those are hard to reveal, but, like, a lot easier than saying the word emotional abuse. And here's the thing is— I hadn't even told my family and my closest friends about a lot of these stories. Some of them were privy to it, you know, whether it was in Charleston, my girlfriend's seeing the whole wedding thing happen. Um, But, like, my parents didn't know about that. And I think that kind of, that shame, that embarrassment that goes along with anyone who's in a relationship that is either put down or just an unhealthy relationship, um, you see the fact that you're not even telling your parents and your closest friends. So, yeah, it's weird to, for the first time, be telling my my family about these really tough and cringeworthy and emotional situations in, like, my writing in a book that I'm about to share with everybody. It's weird, but it was like I hadn't even told, you know, my family and friends. But I think a lot of women can relate to that. I think, mm-hmm. like, yeah. we never talk about the bad stuff. We're, like, embarrassed and ashamed to talk about the bad things that happened to us and that we don't even do. You know, that's the other thing. It's, like, I look at it, I'm, like, okay, sure, I push buttons. But, like, I'm embarrassed to talk about the names that somebody else called me. Like, where – why are we embarrassed to tell people that? Why, why yeah. is there this shame about it? I think that's a really familiar pattern mm-hmm. to With a lot of women. TV or not. Right. You know? Absolutely. Um, it's definitely easier, I think, for women to get their identity wrapped up a little bit in who their partner is and yep. to be like, I picked this person. This person treats me the way I let them. Mm-hmm. And that can be really hard. Like whenever I was in a bad space in a relationship, I didn't want to tell my yeah. family because they would hate that person forever. And yep. I was like— but I picked this person. You should trust my judgment. And also I still want them to, like, be with me. So you, right. you make that decision to, like, 
keep those things close to the vest, even you though they're not your that fault. Person. Yeah. That's the weirdest thing is like you're protecting that person. That should be one of the red flags is why do I feel the need to protect that person? I even said I think there was a line in the book between Josh and Nick with the family. I knew I was going to pick Josh at that point. I'm like, why am I using Nick to bolster Josh's credibility? Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. I think you just have to stop sometimes and think, hold up. It's, it's less about – maybe what's being said and all that stuff. And like, why am I protecting this person that's saying these things? Yeah, definitely. And you but won't have an answer. The answer will be, I shouldn't be. You know? It's hard when you're in it. And I think yeah. it's really, really powerful also for other women to read women's stories. Yeah. And yeah. kind of take away that veil. Yeah. It's bringing like reality to it, in my opinion, yeah. also. I mean, we all see the glamour states and the show and blah, blah, blah. Um, but this is like the reality. This is this can be anybody's reality, mm-hmm. minus the the bachelor and bachelorette, <laughs> minus the public engagement and breakup. Other than those things, which really are not even that big of deals in the book, you know, like fine, I sent out a press release, but like <laughs> these are everybody's stories. Mm-hmm. But do you feel at all like being the bachelorette um, and entering into that engagement on TV as the bachelorette? Um, made it in some ways easier to fall into this place with with your fiancé where oh, for sure. you felt, like, obligated to uphold your end of the bargain or, like, show people a fairy tale story? I don't think I felt obligated um, to uphold any bargain. I think what it is is I felt like this is such a crazy experience that's happening and everything's falling into place and this is perfect and I just feel it and I was like, it's all meant to be because, let me tell you, I was a gang prosecutor in Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> like, I had literally gone from the hood to the bachelor mansion. I mean, they came to film my package, like the little pre-tape thing, and these producers and cameramen from LA were like, "What are <laughs> what is happening?" I mean, straight up hood. So I think I just saw everything was like this fairy tale. Everything was so bizarre to me that it was like, "Is this meant to be? Am I gonna? Is this the way I'm gonna find somebody?" And I never felt the pressure from the show. I never felt the pressure from producers. Um, I think they would have been just as happy if I'd walked away alone. But I think I just wanted it so bad. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted it. I got this great opportunity. I wanted to have this love story. I wanted to be like, you know, one of the successes. Yeah. Of course. I think it would be impossible to be in that situation and not want everything wrapped up in a neat little bow. Yeah. And I got the nice engagement ring. Yeah. And And how could one of these 25 men not be (laughs) the one? 25 Uh, vetted men. Vetted men who are as hopefully entertaining on TV as possible. Not necessarily always the best match. So at at this time, you weren't telling your family and friends a lot of the details about what was going on. But um, did the producers and, like, Chris Harrison know anything about the issues you guys were Mm -hmm. having, like, even a little bit? (laughs) Nobody. And it's funny because Chris said to me— um, months after the the breakup, he was like, I wish you would have just told me because I would have never asked you those questions on the live finale. Uh, I mean, the live mm-hmm. premiere, red carpet. Mm-hmm. He's like, I would have never put you on the spot like I did on the red carpet. I just didn't know. And again, it was like that embarrassment of just the failure and, you know, whatever. But I will say my family, I did not tell them a lot of stuff, but they knew. And that was another thing with the breakup is like it was really embarrassing for me to tell my family and my friends. But those that were closest to me were not surprised at all. I mean, they see it. Like you think you're masking everything, but 
your family and friends that are really close to you, they, they know. They know when you're yeah. happy. They know yeah. when you're, you know, tense. And you even talk about moments where maybe Josh made some odd comments about mm-hmm. dancing with the stars and how that yeah. would be inappropriate for you to go on in front of your mom and yeah. her sort of red flag reaction to that. Yeah, At those sure. moments, I was thinking, you know, it's embarrassing to tell your family, you know, my engagement is off. Yeah. But as the, your family members, they're like, oh, my God, I really hope that she doesn't marry this person <laughs> and who's saying more, these things right now. Yeah, even more embarrassing because, like, here I am, the one that went on the reality TV show and professed my love. And, like, I'm using the word soulmate. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not crazy. Like, I found love in eight weeks. So, like, that's an added layer of kind of yeah. that pressure and an embarrassment. Like, of course it didn't work out, you know, but I was telling the world I was in love and this was going to work out and we were going to have babies. And But like all kinds of relationships don't work out. Yeah. It's true. Whether on reality I've TV said, or not. I've said things that who Who hasn't said I love you to <laughs> right. someone who turned out to be a total prick? Totally. Uh, <laughs> um, and a few weeks after the breakup, you gave an interview uh, on TV with mm-hmm. Chris Harrison. Yeah. And I remember watching that and mm-hmm. feeling like it was very honest and emotional and an interesting thing yeah. to watch as, you know, viewers and consumers of the show. Did you consider in that moment sharing more about what had really gone wrong in the relationship? Good question. Um, that interview, first of all, is interesting because it's like still a blur to me. And I, having read the story, I realized why it was such a blur because it's so crazy to have like put everything in my diary entries and have the days because it was like, what, day 40 or something? I mean, it's smack dab kind of in the middle of this breakup, but it's like after I'm really mad, but before I'm hopeful. And it's just in a weird place in the story. Um, So I don't know. I mean, I think, yeah, part of me wanted to just go like Atlanta girl on him (laughs) and just say every single thing. But like the truth was in that moment, I was so sad still and just like, I just let it out. I mean, I thought I was going to hold it together during that interview. I really did. And it was also the first time I had talked to anybody that wasn't my family and friends. So it was the first time that I was, like, sharing this kind of failure and this heartbreak with somebody. And I think to have the utter the words, like, I'm heartbroken, you know, just added that extra round of tears. I mean, mm-hmm. I was a mess, that interview. Yeah. But I mean, it was true. No. It was real. No, no it was. Like, the second I open my mouth, it's like I think I described it. It's like when your jaw starts to hurt and you're like, and you oh, just, the tears you can't hold it back. You're like, this it. is it. Yeah. You just know it. When you're like, I can choose between being completely silent or crying. Right. And you're like, well, I can't be silent. So, so I guess I'm going to cry. Yeah, tears are coming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what has the reaction to the book been like from other people in the Bachelor family? You mentioned uh, what Chris said to you. Have you heard from Josh or Nick or anyone? Uh, no, none of us talk. <laughs> you know what? Here's the thing, though. Like, everyone does their own stuff. Like, Nick goes on The Bachelorette. Josh does a new show. Like, whatever. Everyone tweets. Fine. Everyone does their own thing. We're all adults. We've all yeah. kind of chosen to take this and keep going and share all of our private lives with the public. So, you know, open door, <laughs> fair game. Have, like, you, seen, have you seen Josh's statement he's been giving to no, us weekly. I think I've heard something. He said something about the line along the lines of like, let's just pray for Andy's yeah, happiness. Hashtag like, pray for Andy. Pray I for know. Andy. Amen. Amen, brother. You're like, thank you for that. Appreciate that. Bless your heart. Yeah, but you know what? Nobody needs permission. Look, I can't yeah. control these guys any more than I control this weather. So, you know. But do you feel like 
the bachelor family has been like supportive yeah. outside of those people. Yeah, I do. Like especially the past contestants. There's a lot of them. They're like, oh, I love this. You know, it shows the other side. And even like some of the ones that are successful, they love it because it's the other side for them too. And you know, I, I, you've seen the show. I love the show. I love everyone on the show. I had a great time doing it. It treated me awesome. Like, I and I think you can see that in the book. Like, there's nothing bad against the show. Maybe some of the guys, <laughs> but not the show. <laughs> no, you have some some really strong relationships with the other women mm-hmm. out of the the show. Oh so yeah, that's, like the Bachelorettes, and like yeah, oh, God, that's great. Three of them are getting married. I mean, three of their weddings. Kelly just got married Aww. this year. Kelly's getting married. I mean, Nikki's getting married. Charlene's getting married. Yeah, like, everyone's getting married. So much fun. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, you you got a great deal out <laughs> yeah. of this. Show. I know. I got like a whole package of friends. Yeah, it's like sometimes I'm like I should just go on the show just because sometimes I, I would like more girlfriends. So yeah. like You're just there to make to friends. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're, we're here to make friends. Exactly. You you did it for us. Thank Loved you. It, nailed it. So to wrap up, we'll just ask one question about your life in New York. We have to ask, what is it like trying to date in New York now? <laughs> um, you mean like do the guys do know? Do people make weird comments to you ever? Okay, so <laughs> the second a guy says anything Bachelor, Bachelorette related, he's just out automatically. Yeah. Like... The set, oh, it brings a row. I mean, just, I've seen oh, the God. stupidest Oh, God. Stuff. That's, uh, no, no, no. So stupid. They're like, that's not okay. Goodbye. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> um, but you know what? The guys I date have no idea what the show is. They're like, half of them can't even read anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. They can read. <laughs> but um, You don't have to read to watch the book. No, I'm like, you don't need to read that book. Um, <laughs> but they don't know the show. Like, the guys I, I date have no idea what the show is or, like, that there's a book or. You're like, keep them. Keep them away from that. Perfect. <laughs> It's hard for us to imagine because we're, like, so wrapped up in it. But there are—Charlene said the same—like, she was like, it didn't affect my opera career because yeah. none of those people have literally ever heard of The Bachelor. Yeah. <laughs> there are people in this world that have not heard of The Bachelor and Bachelorette. I know. I don't, I don't know how they understand. Live. Yeah. I don't know how they wake up it's every like morning. like we try to think back to when we did other things with our lives. Like, like, never. No. I got nothing. It's it's a blank. Yeah. <laughs> blank space. Um, yeah, well, good luck out there. Thanks. And <laughs> Go get them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And anyone who hasn't read Andy's book, it's really fun. And there's a lot more than we just got to talk about because yeah. we had limited yeah. time. A lot, so. of, a lot of juice. Yeah. And um, It's called yeah. It's Not Okay. Yes. And thank you so much for coming on to talk with us about it. This Thanks. was really It's fun. always so much fun to have you on. Oh, my God. We could go on for yeah. hours. We could. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> And now, welcome to Feminism Fails, where we rate the most cringeworthy anti-lady moments of the week on our very own patented Feminism Fail Scale. One, you do you, bro. Two, that's questionable. Three, not cool people. Four, the 1950s are back. Five, gender equality is straight up dead. So now on to this week's Feminism Fails. We had a crazy assortment of Feminism Fails this week. We even had to try to condense it a little. So first up, we have James Taylor offers to teach JoJo to play the guitar, even though she never said she did not know how to play the guitar. Nice assumption there, James. We're going to give that a three. And then the men apparently get drunk, according to one dude, because JoJo is so beautiful, they're all becoming desperate. Um, ew? What? Her beauty? You can't control yourself? Calm down, dudes. We're going to give that one a four. Yeah. 
Yeah. For sort of, sloppiness. Sort of trying to compliment her, but also sounding like horrifically threatening at the same time. Next, Jake Pavelka, also known as the human rock bottom of the Bachelor franchise, shows up to give JoJo some dating advice, and he reassures her after she says she's going to trust her gut. You just said the right thing. Great. Another man to guide her personal feelings. Just what she needs. We're going to give that a three for just general blandness. And of course, Jonathan makes a self-hating racist joke about Asian men's penises. There's so much to unpack here, but it's pretty upsetting and a really disappointing representation of Asian men on The Bachelorette. Do better next time, guys. We're going to give that one a five because of the lovely mix of misogyny and racism all wrapped up into one beautiful package. And finally, we know you've been waiting for this one, and it's a doozy. Everything that Chad said, because he is the living embodiment of toxic masculinity, we're going to give his existence a five. He is one big hyper-masculine horror show. And we feel really certain that he will be filling our feminism fails for weeks to come. Thanks for the material, Chad. Yeah, we really appreciate that your general politeness (laughs) on humanity is helping us out here. And finally, our tweet of the week comes from Matt Belisai. That's at Matt Belisai. Watching men embarrass themselves on television is what television was invented for. We thoroughly agree, Matt. And that is definitely what The Bachelorette was invented for. (laughs) And that's it for Here to Make Friends. Thanks to our guests, Emily Warman and Andy Dorfman. And thanks to our producer and editor, Nick Offenberg. Have you had a chance to find Here to Make Friends on iTunes? If not, now is the perfect time to subscribe and give us a rating and review. Every time we get a new subscription or review, our show climbs the iTunes chart, which helps other Bachelor fans discover our show. And also, please like us on Facebook. You'll find our Facebook Live after show streaming from our page on Monday nights after The Bachelorette. Also, photos, news, lots of adorbs pics of us, all sorts of crazy stuff. You can also find us on Twitter. I'm at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emily Rose. Or you can send us an email because we love getting those at here to make friends at HuffingtonPost.com. Thanks for listening and check back next week for another episode recap featuring a visit from former Bachelor contestant Charlene Joint and the creators of Lifetime series Unreal. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because I made the charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, 
Use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.